Hello. Thank you again for joining me. I am Sandy Waters, and this is Neighbors in Need. Our guests today are from the Hillside family of agencies. We have Megan Cortese, who is the clinical supervisor, and Joy Eiffel, who is the practice manager in outpatient services. Thank you for being here. Thank Thank you you for having us. All right. So we are all familiar with the Hillside family of agencies. How long have you been in Rochester? I mean, it's like forever, right? Yeah, it's a long time. We've been um, working with families for over 180 years. Jeez. Yeah. So we are very familiar with the name Hillside Family of Agencies. But for those who don't have direct contact with you guys or don't know somebody who does, can you explain what you do? Every year we work with and serve over 13,000 people um, in the community, in residential facilities, in academic programs and community service such as um, work scholarship programs. So we kind of outreach all over the place, um, wherever the needs are. We have a, um, Hillside has a comprehensive service. So like Meg was saying, that we residential, we service child welfare, we have foster care, we have preventive, so to help families keep children in the home so they're not placed in foster care. We have a juvenile justice program, day treatment. I mean, we we kind of have an array of services to meet the needs of the community. It is hard to just explain, okay, here in one sentence is what we do because you do so much. You do everything. (laughs) And you've been doing so much for so many years. So the focus today would be the outpatient services. Right. Um, So let's get into that a little bit. What do we need to know? How can the community help and what should we be aware of? Well, we have at Hillside, we have an outpatient uh, mental health clinic. It's the Children and Families Clinic. Um, And there we service children, adolescents, and their families. We provide counseling as well as medication management. So we have licensed mental health professionals that are all trained on evidence-based treatment uh, modalities. Uh, We do trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, which is evidence-based to work with children who have trauma. Um, We do DBT, the dialectal behavioral therapy, which is uh, evidence-based treatment to really help children who have difficulty self-regulating their emotions. So I think, um, you know, one of the things that for me stands out with Hillside in our outpatient clinic is that the staff are all trained in utilizing evidence-based treatment models, which is not standard in the outpatient community um, because it is very expensive to get trained in these modalities. And so a lot of organizations don't have the funding to invest in their clinicians. And the fact that Hillside did and does speaks volumes to their commitment to ensuring that the community receives the best quality care as possible. So I think that for our outpatient clinic is, I think, one of the things that really makes us stand out. And the students, the children that you are working with, is it wrong to say that most have traumatic instances in their life? you know, that they do need to know how to deal with? Yes, yes. You know, I hate to say it. We were just talking about this earlier. I think, unfortunately, nowadays, just being children and teenagers in this society, particularly in schools, it's traumatic. I mean, you know, going to school every day and worrying about shootings and and things like that. And so it's life is traumatic in the the culture we're in right now. But yes, a, a lot of our children have experienced trauma or multiple traumas. Some of them varying on, you know, from abuse, neglect, to maybe violence in their community, to violence in the home. Um, So, but yes, um, traumatic, and as well as just difficulty kind of uh, regulating their emotions um, and kind of managing the the stress. Which teens in general have difficulty regulating their emotions. They're just learning how to, you know, deal with some of these emotions. And you're right, coupled with all these other things that are happening behind closed doors or things that we're not aware of or we've never experienced that these young kids are, 
I can't even imagine. Um, so that's wonderful that you guys are there. And my goodness, how do you, as the professionals, as the one helping these kids deal with this, these stories must be so heartbreaking. Yes. You know, we hear a lot of very, very heartbreaking stories and we really emphasize as a clinic self-care um, and supporting each other. I am very thankful to be part of a really, really great team where we can always go to each other if we've had a difficult situation or we need to problem solve or just kind of sit for a second yeah. in between sessions. And I think that culture, you know, is very, very important in an outpatient clinic or any human service field just to have the support of your peers um, that really emphasize self-care and um, having a good laugh, too. You have to know, laugh. Trying to laugh and, <laughs> and find positives throughout the day are really important. Now, when you say outpatient, these are not the kids that live at Hillside. No, Correct. Obviously. They just come and visit. Now, how can we obtain services with you guys if we do sense that our child or a child at school or somebody might need a little extra attention? We have um, open access walk-in hours okay. Monday through Thursday from 9.30 to 12.30. And all a family would have to do is call our service integration department. And that's 256-7500. And um, they, they would just give them some pretty basic uh, demographic information and insurance information. And then they would set them up in our system. And then they can come in on any one of those days and be seen. Um, every once in a while, we might have to schedule them, or we do have some flexibility with work mm -hmm. schedules, um, but we do have those open access hours um, four days a week. So. Are the schools really, um, I feel like they're proactive when it comes to picking out students who might have a little bit more attention that they need, that they crave, but do you sense that too? We actually have three satellites offices in three um, schools throughout the Rochester oh, area nice. and so we have clinicians based there for that exact reason. So they see the children in the school during the school hours um, and they do therapy crisis intervention. So there's definitely a need in the schools and having a clinician on site um, the schools have really embraced because you have immediate access to a mental health professional um, to help manage uh, crises as they come and to help children in their in the school setting. We're here with uh, Megan and Joy from the Hillside Family of Agencies. Can we talk a moment about how do we go about, because you did mention, Joy, that our kids are just dealing with so much now. I mean, we kind of dealt with a lot when we were growing up, but nothing like today. pales in comparison right. to our kids now. So is there advice that we can give or how do you approach your child when you see the news saying another school shooting? Let's start there. Because that's the one thing that will impact a lot of kids. Or you see violence. You know, I, I think first, and I'm speaking as a clinician, but and also as a parent, um, you have to, as a parent or an adult caregiver, be comfortable with the conversation yourself. And I know from, you know, as a parent, I just like my children probably struggle in school with fear of like, oh my gosh, like, is something going to bad, bad happen today? As a parent, when we send our kids off every day, there's this little, in the back of your head, mm -hmm. is something going to happen at school? So you, as a parent, you have to kind of recognize and acknowledge your own anxiety um, and, and be able to kind of process that um, and to be able to be comfortable in having just those conversations. And, you know, as you're watching television, you're watching the news and these things come up saying to your child, you know, what do you think about that? How does that make you feel? And again, like we said, some children aren't very verbal and most teens don't really want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, you know, also I'm fine. A lot, I'm, fine. If I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. Um, Stop bothering right. me. 
and then giving them the permission that, okay, but if you ever do want to talk, I know that this is probably very confusing and overwhelming. It's confusing for me as an adult. I mean, again, allowing kids to see us be vulnerable and say we as parents, because I think sometimes we as parents want to appear as if we have everything under control and we yes. know everything okay. because we want our children to have that security. But the reality of it, this is very difficult for all of us and to recognize that, you know, I'm struggling with understanding what's going on too. So it is okay to say oh, that. Most definitely. Because then it lets your child know you're human and, mm. um, and that you're vulnerable. See, that's not how we were all raised. No. No. <laughs> we were well, not raised that right. way. No way did my dad show any no. sense of right. vulnerability. Right. Okay. No, you pick yourself up and yeah, as a parent, but no, but you have to be able to say, yeah, I, it, this is very confusing for me too. Let's talk um, this out together. But we can talk about it. And we can kind of figure this out together. And then that also, the, the bonding and the attachment there, and that you're kind of like, your child has permission to be vulnerable. So you've showed vulnerability to your child. That allows him or her to be vulnerable with you and say, you know what, mom or dad, this really is kind of, I'm struggling with this. Um, I think that, that that's the key piece is that it, it leads to honest conversations. Um, but and it's that, difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. And is that how you approach the situation with the, the kids at Hillside? Absolutely. Right. As yeah. therapists, we do that. And I think we, we also work because, again, recognizing that with children, you don't work in a vacuum. Children live with families. Yeah. We see them once a week for an hour. So it would be crazy to think that coming to see us once a week is going to fix it. So we really involve the parents or the caregivers because really they're the subject matter experts of their children in their home. And so involving the parents in the session so that exactly for that, they we can coach them as well. Uh, again, parents have um, anxiety. They have stressors. They need to be able to have a place as well that they can kind of process with a professional. How do I address this with my mm -hmm. child. So we integrate the parents in the sessions so that the parent also has an opportunity to receive that support um, in how to best manage their child or their children's behavior. I always tell parents we're not an auto body shop. You can't drop your kid off and we'll call you when he's fixed. Like this is a family issue. And so we need your involvement. You are the most important person in your child's life and you are going to be the one that's going to have a significant impact in helping course correct the behavior. So your involvement is 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 important. I think sometimes parents get afraid that they're going to be blamed or that it's oh. going to. And so it's again. Uh, well, you blame yourself when yeah, something well, goes parents, wrong. When your child is sad, exactly. what do you think? Oh, God, it, what did I do wrong? Right. I said something wrong. Right. I didn't do something right. right. So they don't show up for fear yeah. of judgment. And so it, we as clinicians, you know, make sure that it's a judgment free zone. And so that when the parents and we meet with often parents alone without the children mm -hmm. so that we can kind of assess that and see what's going on. Because I think a lot of times it is a parent's fear of being judged. Yeah, um, as a bad parent. I mean, so trying absolutely. to take that stigma away from it and say, we're, it's not about you being good or bad. You know, it's about us working together to help your family and your child. Now, what would you suggest? Now, this is something that we're talking about, and it feels good to talk more about the mental health uh, issues out there and the stigma. You mentioned stigma, the stigma around that. Um, it feels good that we're actually broaching the conversation and, and talking about this. But what would you say to parents, um, because this is a big struggle. I mean, these kids, things weigh heavier on these kids. They don't know how to deal with, you know, how do you recognize mental health issues and what do you say as a parent? Like as a parent, um, trying to- Just to make sure that they- Check in with their yeah. kid. Yeah, how do you do those check-ins and what do you say and- Yeah, I, I think, you know, like what Joy was saying, it's really just being open, you know, and the more you have those open conversations and come from a place of curiosity, I think that's so important okay. for parents is if you start to model and, you know, show this curiosity and no judgment so the kids start to feel comfortable with just coming and 
sharing and having that open dialogue, it'll be easier to just say, hey, I've, I've noticed you seem a little off or, hey, is everything OK? You know, the kid will feel more comfortable mm-hmm. having those conversations because that environment has already been established in the family. So I think another part, like Joy said, is modeling, you know, making sure as a parent you're getting the help that you need and the supports you need and checking in with yourself to make sure you're okay. Um, A lot of times we have families come in and we're working with them and the parents saying, you know, I'm struggling, but I don't have time for myself because I have to take care of my kids. I was just going to say that life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And all those other stressors you referred to, Joy, how to pay the bills on time is the biggest stressor, right? right? A lot of families deal with. So finding that time for yourself because, you know, what we've found is if, parents and other caregivers aren't taking care of themselves and being the strongest they can be mentally, emotionally, they're not going to be able to model that and provide that for their kids. So it's a whole family system. And that's why it's so important to get families involved, um, get community supports involved, schools, you know, any adults or people in your lives, just reaching out, making those connections. Speaking of supports, um, what can we do as a community to help you guys flourish the Hillside Family of Agencies? What more can we do to help you guys? I, I think this, what we're doing today is having conversations, I think, destigmatizing mental health. Um, I think knowing, um, continuing to kind of promote the resources in the community, whether it's Hillside or other providers in the community, um, but kind of just continuing to have this conversation. I think that sometimes we, and I say we as a community, don't have it until it's a result of a tragic incident. Mm. But this is an ongoing, ever-flowing um, conversation. And so I think it's just kind of keeping it out there and, and allowing it to um, be a free-flowing conversation. And it, Because then, it, again, it takes the stigma. It's, there's no more secrecy uh, about it. It's, it's, I mean, mental health is just like any other medical condition, diabetes, cancer, and you know, hypertension. Yep. We, there's no shame in that. There really should be no shame in mental health. Um, so I think it's just continuing to have the ongoing conversations and being aware of what, what our children are facing on a day-to-day basis. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Megan Cortese, Clinical Supervisor, and Joy Eiffel, the Practice Manager in Outpatient Services at the Hillside Family of Agencies. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having us.